Hey, this is Ross Payton with Unspeakable, the uh, podcast for the Unspeakable Oath. Uh, we're here today uh, with one of the writers for the new Delta Green Kickstarter, uh, and that would be... Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Gil Treviso. Um, I'll be uh, writing uh, Operational History, a 128-page timeline for uh, Delta Green. Uh, yeah, and that has been funded now with the Kickstarter, which is going on uh, as we are recording this. Uh, so if you're listening to this before the end of October 29th, uh, you have still have a chance to back it and get the operational history first. Uh, we're currently at $101,000, but uh, that's undoubtedly going to increase by the time this is posted. Uh, but the operational history, yeah, 128-page timeline of the world of Delta Green. Much more than we can fit in the case officer's handbook. Uh, written by Gail uh, Trevisio with Dennis Detwiller, Adam Scott Glancy, and Shane Ivey. Uh, this is a very interesting project, I think, for a lot of Delta Green fans, especially those of us who have read the novels and are very interested in finding out. What happened when, especially those uh, the things that happened after uh, the events of uh, Through a Glass Darkly, uh, the novel. So um, first I would like to ask, how did this project come to be? What, uh, did someone from Arc Dream approach you or did you propose this to them? Uh, or was this sort of a back and forth? How did this happen? Well, this, um, I mean, if we really go back to the beginning of this, um, what happened is, so I, I used to do a lot of stuff. I created a, a web page for, uh, a World War II version of Delta Green way back in the day, way back in like 97 or 98. Um, and that gradually kind of developed into, Hey, it's not just a fan website. Maybe we'll actually do something with this. Um, and around the time, I guess about the early 2000s, when I started kind of like approaching it a little bit more seriously, I realized that it would be really helpful to have a timeline of everything that's happened in the books, um, just so everybody on board sort of knows like, well, this happened on this date, this happens on that day. So I was I reread all of the Delta Green books. I read through most of Lovecraft's works. Everything that was published at that time for Delta Green, just basically with an eye towards dates. Uh, and I created an Excel spreadsheet um, that basically listed it all the way down from about 1855 to 1970 when Delta Green was deactivated. Um, sometime a few years back, uh, that project got stalled. But I still had this huge timeline. And I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe the, the Arc Dream people could help with it, could work with this, could use this. Uh, so I sent it off to Shane Ivey and Dennis Detwiller, mainly as a thinking of like, hey, I did this. I put, you know, X amount of hours into it. Maybe it will help you uh, when you're writing up stuff. Um, and so that was a while ago. They said it was great. That's fine. But there was never any intention to publish it. So right. uh, about the time that the Kickstarter um, was coming into uh, focus, um, uh, Dennis Detwiller reached out to me and say, Hey, we're interested in putting out this book, Operational uh, Operational History of Delta Green. Would you be interested in using your timeline kind of as the basis of that and sort of developing it out from that? So that's really how the project started. Wow, uh, that's yeah, that's a good. So you you incorporated things from the novels as well for oh. later on, like uh, Denied to the Enemy, yep. or is that yeah? Yeah, not just the novels, not just the source books, but 
I've I'm very much a completist, so I've got like stuff from that I'm not gonna have to take out because it's not Art Green's uh, intellectual property, but I've got stuff in there from the Cthulhu Live Delta Green. Um, oh wow! Cthulhu Live Lost Souls book it actually has <laughs> stuff about the Karatekia and stuff in there. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, I've got stuff from anywhere the words Delta Green were mentioned in regards to the game. Uh, it's <laughs> it's in the timeline somehow. Um, so yeah. Wow, even the uh, short stories as well? Yeah, uh, for, all the short wow. stories, all the novels. I think there's there might be one scenario that I don't have. Uh, something, I think, it, I don't know if it was John Times, something about the Karatekia and a circus uh, that came from hmm. some obscure magazine, and I never got a hold of it. So that might be the only thing I'm missing. That, okay. Uh, so... Yeah, because, I mean, uh, I've been reading through the Delta Green Canada fiction uh, myself, and there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, there's um, – so uh, so that's actually another – are all the short stories considered official canon by uh, – or are there any of them extended universe, if I want to use the Star Wars analogy? I know uh, there's one that's sort of definitely not because, you know, I've seen it come up again and again, and it's a story called Astronomy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember which book it's in. It might be Alien Intelligences. It might be I think it is. Yeah. And I think it was taken out. And basically, they describe kind of the structure of the Karatekia in there. Um, and I've heard that it's like, no, we do not want that. Um, so, yeah, in terms of canon, I really look at it as what couldn't be used. Like, what's useful? Like, not as opposed to, oh, my God, you must, you know except that the Karatekia was created on this date as opposed to this date, or you're totally wrong and you're horrible, or anything like that. So um, I try to take as much as I possibly can from anything, and if then if I have some kind of discrepancies, I have conflicting accounts, um, I just try to work around them. And I really, if I remember correctly, there are only two things in the timeline where you have that. Um, one is the creation of the Karatekia. I think there's one mm-hmm. that says they were created in 1936, another says they were created in 1939. Uh, and my other approach to canon is like whatever is most useful to the GM. And for me, I think it would be more useful to have a longer history of the Karateki. Hey, I want to run a game in 1937, or I want to have something happen in 1938, um, than to like close it off at a certain at a later point. The other big discrepancy, which I'm not even going to touch, is Operation Obsidian. Uh, which is the uh, disastrous operation in Cambodia uh, in 1969 that got uh, Delta Green um, deactivated as an official organization. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of discrepancy in all that. Now, the good news about that is, like I said, I'm not touching any of it. Um, the bad news is it's because that entire period will probably be redacted from the timeline. Basically... Um, the period that's going to be covered by Fall of Delta Green, which is Pelgrine Press's um, book on that period, basically the 1960s and that whole debacle in Vietnam. Um, I don't know what's going into that. So rather than trying, you know, coordinate or step on anybody's toes, I think we're just going to treat it as basically redacted. This, this, this part of it is redacted because one thing I didn't stay at the front and I probably should stay is the operational history. Uh, it's going to be presented as an official document. Uh, it's not going to be a dry, look, this is what game masters know. This is what players know. Uh, it's going to be created as something that um, A-Cell might have, I guess, something similar to what the CIA calls the family jewels, which is kind of the set of intelligence archives about stuff that, you know, that has to be top, top, top secret. 
That's what A-cell's top, top, top secret is, that they only let certain people see, or maybe only see certain parts of it. So that right. part will be redacted, as in they don't want anybody to know what happened around that period of time in 1969. Yeah, I mean, it's very important in the, uh, especially it becomes major uh, elements of the, for the novel uh, Rules of Engagement and Through Glass Darkly, uh, as it sort of has repercussions even decades after it happens. Uh, but... And and again, those fic- those two novels are sort of you know, uh, and there's other short stories that re- reference it as well. So I could see why such an important thing. If there's an there is an entire game that's going to be focused on that, so player characters can live through that. So I can understand that uh, idea. So uh, that is so, and I trust uh, Kenneth Hyde is writing that. Oh yeah, basically, yeah. So I, I would trust his <laughs> uh, approach to that, uh, but. Um, so aside from Operation Obsidian, um, everything else is fair game. Right. In other words. Um, yeah. The the one thing will be the endpoint. So um, in terms of like when the timeline will end, right now we're kind of running on standard operating procedure that it's going to be probably through a glass darkly up to the end of through a glass darkly. So not to give any spoilers, I think the book's been out for years. So if the yeah. spoilers uh, sucks, um, it'll go right up until the death of Alphonse. And then whatever right. happens after that uh, will be covered by other stuff. Now, that's tentative. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, it may go beyond that uh, because there is material in Targets of Opportunity uh, that I could potentially put in. Uh, but very definitely, we will at least go till 2001. Um, and then we'll probably end up, I'm just assuming, we'll probably end up seeing like that whole interregnum between 2001 and 2015 covered in something like the case officer's handbook i don't know which is the expanded book which has been funded at this level for the pdf level yeah for the pdf but not for the hardback so we need to keep that money uh i don't think that'll be a problem given its uh trajectory uh that uh still though uh there's a lot afterwards uh so um so uh as you mentioned this is not just going to be a game at the typical sort of rpg thing where here's it's written sort of like in a style of a textbook like here's the thing that happened here's the thing that happened it is written in in the universe yes. like it is a uh so uh one comparison could be like to the armitage files uh only the entire book is the handout right. it, it, that's basically your premise right right my so as i as i thought more about this about like what what could we actually do with this um, one of the things that I, that's come up to me in a lot of the games that I've been in, a lot of games that I've run in the Delta Green campaigns is the question often comes up uh, among players is, hey, you know, we've got some weird stuff going on. Maybe Delta Green has encountered this in the past. Could we contact, you know, um, our, our handler in the next cell? Could we contact a cell and find out, hey, do you have any intelligence um, on what's going on here. And then the common answer is no, shut up, suck it, and go in there and get killed because they sell sucks. Um, but I figure that this might actually provide an actual tangible handout that if uh, Game Master decided, you know what, they should know something. Like if, if we're going to Black Cod Island, for example, and we're going to be, we find out, oh my God, there's deep ones, maybe they would know some, they would be told something by A Cell. About this is what we know about deep ones. So what I figure that the game master can do, especially in the form of the PDF, is you could basically just search for every reference of deep ones in the timeline, and then you could, if you wanted to, print those pages of the PDF uh, out, 
and then take a little permanent marker, mark <laughs> off everything you don't want, and then print that again, just like you would normally do if you were redacting something, and then hand that over to the PCs and say, this is, this is what the A cell can tell you about D20. Um, so I think it could be very useful in that regard. Uh, just beyond, you know, being able to inspire scenario ideas and maybe giving a little bit more coherency to the background and all that kind of thing. Right. Uh, one question. I, actually, um, even though this is written in the universe, will you give the sources for each particular, like, uh, you know, such and such thing happened here? And then maybe put a footnote or something like that. If you want to read what happened, you know, check out this issue of Unspeakable Oath or this was in Delta Green Countdown yeah, or whatever. Uh, let, me, let me indulge me for a second on a long answer to what should be a really short answer, which is basically <laughs> on that. Um, so I started uh, with Delta Green in 1997. I just moved out to the San Francisco Bay Area um, to be with the woman who would be my wife. We were both big X-Files fans, and I hadn't gamed in a while, and I was looking for a game, uh, and Delta Green was the one. Oh, my God, this is X-Files. This is great. This is what I want to play. But I had just graduated with a bachelor's in history from college, and I was working, you know, a horrible office job, and I was hating it, but I would really loved studying stuff in college. So I was reading the background and thinking, wow, you know, it'd be really great if we had, like, more information on this, like, 1927 P Division stuff. So I, being what I am, decided to write this huge, I think it was like 10 or 12 page, basically report on uh, the history of the Office of Naval Intelligence um, during that time period, specifically in regards to Delta Green, that kind of thing. And I think what I really was is I hated my job and I wanted to go back to doing history uh, reports and stuff like that. So, of course, it was fully footnoted and all that kind of thing. Um, this is my long way of saying is the timeline it created, this Excel spreadsheet timeline that it was created, is footnoted uh, with page references uh, to everything. So it would be incredibly easy to say, you know, this is where you actually find this information um, in uh, this book and stuff like that. Now, we'll see what that comes like in the final format. It, it might take a little bit of creativity to figure out because you want to preserve the, the look of being, you know, an actual right. document. Well, it could be an appendix or something yeah, in the back. Yeah, yeah. It, it very easily is footnoted. It would definitely be like uh, endnotes of some kind, of something like that. Yeah. Um, and just work it out that way. But that would yeah. definitely be something I would be interested in kind of including. So people can kind of like, look, oh, it makes this reference here. I'd like to read more about that. I can go there. Now, the other thing about the timeline um, is that we're actually in the timeline itself, not going to be restricted just to kind of like the entries. So, for example, like... Uh, if we have we have like entries on uh, Martin Cook takes over P Division in 1920 or 1930, whatever. It, one of the things it will do is open up into like a blurb that'll be right uh, right within the page itself, basically giving you a short biography and maybe some stats on Martin Cook. And you'll have other things for maybe major NPCs that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see either in the books that are, that are coming out or maybe the books that may come down the line as stretch goals, and maybe even more information like this particular cult. We have more information on that. Or this particular operation, we have more information on that. So it's not just going to be just, just the timeline itself. There'll also be a little bit of deeper background material. But for the people who want even more than that, yeah, it'd be great to have like endnotes where they could go and they could find it for themselves, out of the books themselves. Interesting. Uh... Yeah, because I mean, 
Um, one thing that I, I recently ran a uh, scenario in Delta Green that I set in 1947, uh, and I sort of it was set in the United States. So I, I was kind of thinking one thing that I had a concern of was like, what would Delta Green be doing in this timeline? I mean, they like from what I've read, it seemed like they were concerned with hunting. They'd just been reactivated, so they're focused on you know Nazi hunting. But if something weird happened in the U.S., then like, well, why don't we call these guys because they know all about this weird stuff? Uh, or someone in the you know uh, military industrial complex recognizes like this ain't right, so let's call those guys who dealt with the Nazis who are doing things that weren't this. You know, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, is there going to be that kind of information? Like, like the bread and like I mean, I assume not every single. Mi- obviously, they can't cover every single mission. Delta Green would there be like broad overviews? Like in this era, we were doing this. In this era, it, this was more common. Or is this uh, specifically? These are the notable operations, and these are the people involved, uh, and that kind of thing. So. I, I can tell you from doing the timeline that I'm pretty sure that every operation that gets mentioned in, a, in the previous books will be given probably as much information as you would get in the books themselves. So okay. Operation Southern Hospitality, um, what it's described in the original Delta Green book will probably be summarized in completion within the entry of themselves. Um I can tell you what I'm interested in right now, and it's really going to depend on the stretch goals because I don't personally know what's coming down on the stretch goals, but we know that there may be a book on the 1970s and the 80s. There may be the book on World War II, um, but there doesn't seem like there's going to be a book on the 1950s. There doesn't seem there's going to be a book on pre-World War II Delta Green on P Division. Um so in those kind of particular areas, the areas where there may not be a book, especially after the Kickstarter finishes and we kind of know what the schedule is going to be, I can very see, easily see myself kind of focusing a little bit more in terms of the extra material, not the entries, but kind of the blurb stuff that comes off of them to kind of fill in those legs. So like if there's not a book in the 1950s for your situation in the 1947, I will kind of want to like put up like this is the guy who majestic went and got to reactivate delta green and what he was interested in is an mpc or maybe like this is the working group within delta green that was working for majestic this was the working group that was working on nazis this is the working group that was working on completely out of the way weird stuff um that kind of thing something to give a little bit broader kind of view nothing that would be as deep as if we got an actual sort fully fully right. uh, written source book on it but enough work where um, game masters could kind of use that and kind of build off of that so they're not just completely operating in the dark on that okay uh and yeah certainly with some of the fiction you have uh like i'm reading extraordinary renditions right now and they have stories talking about p division uh and sort of the post-world war ii era uh, and so that could be enough to for someone who's trying to explore those lesser looked at corners of Delta Green, uh, something uh, to root for. So uh, is there going to be any uh, in new or original material or is this totally focused on collecting uh, oh, no, the entire there, time? There, there, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. No, there will definitely yeah. be new material in this. I mean, there's probably there's it's, uh, it's uh, there's plenty of material from what's written before. But filling in some of those blanks and stuff like that provides a lot of opportunity. I mean, I can tell you, it's just not going to be a lot of fun just basically to, like, dryly go and find out, oh, this was written here and this was hidden here. Here's the text and here's summary of it. It's much more fun to kind of drop in new stuff. 
Um, but whatever new stuff there is is going to be vetted by not just me, but by anybody else, by Shane, by Dennis, and so on, to make sure this is kosher with what they're doing and what they want to have be in the background or anything like that. But it's not going to just going to be um, what's come before. Okay. Uh, yeah, and how how closely are you working with the uh, uh, others in the Delta Green uh, group <laughs> uh, or in your cell? Uh, I guess uh, I should say. Uh, uh, well, have they just? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so it's uh, it still needs to be written. So there's that. Like I said, I've got the timeline, which is um, a lot of stuff already. So it's actually pretty much well along the way. But I imagine after I've got that kind of taken out of the Excel spreadsheet put together in something more of a, a proper kind of format and kind of added in the stuff that I'm kind of talking here, the stuff to kind of add and stuff like that. I'll pass it on, get feedback back and forth and then move it along. Um, in terms of like when it'll be completed, um, you can talk to Shane Ivey on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm very quickly learning, you know, what has, what has been their private hell of like, when is this going to be done? When is this going to be done? When is this going to be done? And I've only been on this for like 24 hours. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. Yeah, it only recently funded. So um, have they talked? I mean, in terms of where you are, like, have they given you any like uh, commandments and like thou shalt not do this or thou shalt do this? Or are they just kind of like you, you do it. Here are some ideas. Here's some guidelines. Go for it. Uh, it uh, yeah. It's been much more like you do what you do. Um, than anything else i've i've asked um so i asked about the um the the operation of sitting and stuff the vietnam stuff um if the if they end up putting up as a stretch goal the cowboy years which is the 1970s 1980s books i'll probably involve myself on that just to sort of incorporate that material as well if they put out World War II, I'm definitely involved in that. <laughs> so um, all of that yeah. will definitely be incorporated as well. Um, in terms of that, I think the other big thing, the other big question I had besides Vietnam was P Division. Um, because if you, I think, I don't know if you were involved in the creation of the video on the Kickstarter. Um, I edited it, yes. There you go. You'll know it, it says it was, Delta Green was created in 1942. Which is yeah. true. Um, the Delta Green clearance was created in 1942. But when I heard that, I was initially thinking, there's this weird situation with the intellectual property of P Division and all that. Like, who owns this and who owns what and all that kind of thing. So do they want me not to, like, do material pre-1942? And I can tell you that I've been given the okay to do whatever I want to do in regards to that. I will probably not be using the words P Division. Um, one of the nice things about knowing all this ridiculous stuff about the Office of Naval Intelligence, uh, there was no um, group within there that kept its name between the 1920s and 1930s. The place got reorganized several times. So I'm probably going to say, you know, it, it started as the, the full name that's given out in Delta Green. And then that from then on, it's called the Division or something like that. And just kind of sort of using that kind of colloquially throughout the book. Um, and there really isn't a lot of material on P Division that Chaosium did, other than its name, and it was involved in Innsmouth, uh, and it started in 1917. And those things are so broad that it's very easily to go over. Um, so I will probably be doing a lot of stuff, and I'll probably be even going a little bit beyond 1917. Like right now, the timeline that I have starts in 1855 uh, with a historical event, the birth of Toyama Mitsuro. Uh, who was the founder of Genyosha, the Black Ocean Society, 
which became the uh, okay. uh, Japanese organization during World War II. And he was a real guy. Um, so it's really easy to kind of sort of bring that in. And I may go that far. I've talked with Dennis about, because I've got stuff from the Keepers and the Faith in there. Um, but I don't want to go back too far because this is Lovecraft. I will end up going back to like Middle <laughs> Ages and then right. Paleozoic era. And so, yeah, there's got to be kind of like a limitation on this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's what, what, um, yeah. Cause I know the, there is actually one story in extraordinary renditions. Uh, I think it's the very first one that talks about, uh, an operation in the P division era, uh, during the, uh, depression, uh, the dust bowl years. You, you, do you know the story I'm talking about? Uh, I, not only do I think I know the story, I actually have not read through extraordinary renditions. I don't have the okay. copy yet. Uh, ah. I was in, I was in Nebraska when I came out and I never got around to downloading it. Um, but ah. I think I know the author and I've gamed with her. Uh, so I think I know who that is. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so there's, there's, the, there's that story, which obviously needs to be incorporated in. Uh, but, uh, so there is some material on there and some of their actions, uh, for the division. It's also referenced quite a bit in, uh, Denied to the Enemy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, there's a lot of material to work for, for people, but, uh, so a lot of this stuff does that seems obscure is uh, I'm kind of interested. You mentioned that Chaosium has it. So um, are you talking about their, their escape from Innsmouth scenario, uh, or actually, did they have other? Actually, P Division was created by I believe the guys who um, you know who did um, the Whisper in the Darkness and the Call of Cthulhu movies, the ones they did as silent films. Uh, the Cthulhu Historical Society. Yeah, I believe those guys, um, Layman and somebody else whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. They wrote a story, a scenario for a book called Adventures in Arkham County. Mm. And P-Division shows up as kind of like this random NPC. Uh, and that's the beginning. That's the beginning of it. That's that's the first uh, uh, notation of it. And they're just a unit of office naval intelligence. They were created in 1917 based on some kind of strange incident in Central Europe. That's literally it. That's all that's there. Um, then in Innsmouth, in the Escape from Innsmouth book, you've got the Marines, you've got a Navy submarine. Um, there is a character, I believe, called Rothler, who is uh, naval intelligence. He's a Marine officer with naval intelligence uh, who would correspond broadly with the same guy that's una- mentioned under a different name uh, in uh, uh, the Delta Green book. Um, and, but so everything else, everything else besides those two things, it's pagan publishing slash art dream, uh, working this stuff. So the name itself, P division, that would be chaosium, but like histories we generally know of P division, um, that's pagan slash art dream. And and that, that honestly goes back to the, to the story itself, the shadow, shadow over Innsmouth. Um, where at the very beginning of the story, Lovecraft writes in the, I believe in the summer of the fall, I can't remember which, of 1927, 1928, forget again, um, the federal government invaded this this town in Innsbruck. Um And that's where it really comes from. I see. Uh, yeah, I always assumed the, the Peterish, I, I never looked at it that closely, and I just, uh, it's been a while since I've read the story, so I always assumed it came from Lovecraft itself, but I, I guess uh, himself. Um, but I wasted uh, yeah. decades of my life obsessing about this stuff. <laughs> I, I freely admit that I freely admit. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, interesting. Um, but the Black Dra- uh, another thing, the Black Dragon Society. What? What? Um, I know it's mentioned one a few times, but uh, in Delta Green, uh, in the in the Karatekia World War II section, as sort of an aside, as far as I know, is it what? What kind of material? from Delta Green does use the Black Dragon Society. It's actually most mentioned in Countdown, the Pisces chapter. Um, There's maybe about two or three paragraphs in there, uh, knitted in there, just talking about it. Um, The interesting thing about the Black Dragon Society um, is the, it's an actual historical thing that it's it's an organization that actually existed. Um, And I, I try to be very careful when writing about it. Because it literally does come off like a 1930s super racist yellow peril idea of a pulp writer. Um, Because it is this organization that basically, it's an unofficial group. They set up drug dealing and pornography and bordellos and use them to get intelligence and stuff like that. It's like every kind of ridiculously racist 1930s, 1940s idea of the perfidious uh, Asians coming over to to um, seduce white virtue um, come to life. Um, so there's actually this ton of stuff on them that has absolutely nothing in the book. So this idea that comes out of Countdown, which is they're basically, they're not like the Karatekia and they're not like a cult in the making. They're more mythos adjacent. Um, they use aspects of the mythos to assist them as in assassination and intelligence and stuff like that um it it works very well with the actual historical kind of thing if you just kind of like build it up a little bit beyond what it actually was um so there's there's a there's enough material there um and the nice thing also about um the black dragon society is um there's not a lot of material in english on that group which gives you a lot more flexibility to work with than sort of the information on the Karatekia. Because there's a lot of information in English on the Ananerba, which is kind of the organization that the Karatekia came out of. Um, and that kind of limits you a little bit more, but you're kind of given a lot more free reign when it comes to uh, the Black Dragon Society. Interesting. Uh, that that kind of uh, brings up another... You, you mentioned Pisces, and one thing that I'm curious about for this operational timeline, like... Uh, how, you know, omniscient or correct uh, is, is this going to be uh, in terms of, like, for example, Pisces uh, for, has – there's a secret to that organization yep. uh, that, you know, uh, is meant is the sort of main point of it, at least in the countdown, uh, right up of the thing. is And from what I remember, Delta Green itself isn't fully aware of what that secret is, but they have some idea something that's going on. Uh, but you know, uh, are they going like? How, is the, this book going to like say, oh well, here's what here's the deal with Pisces, and blah. or is it going to be like we think, th- or is it going to be repeating more of the what what level of Delta Green had in Countdown? Like we Pisces is untrustworthy. Don't go near them. We don't know what their deal is though. Uh, is that is is the level of information going to be along what Delta Green would actually know, or is it going to be like here is all the secrets? Well. Uh, but, um, or are you still dealing with that? Yeah, no. A Pisces is no Pisces is a great example of this because it's probably the one the one major thing that I'm I'm personally as a fan. I'm like, what the heck is now going on with Pisces in 2015? Uh, yeah. Because um, so the way that the timeline is written right now, it's 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 not from the perspective of Delta Green. It's literally from kind of the reader's perspective of everything that they would know. 
So all of the stuff that Delta Green didn't know in 1999, I think that's when Countdown may have come out, um, about Pisces, that's all in there right now. So once I get that out put together, I will be talking with uh, the rest of kind of the Arc Dream Collective about how much of that do we want to edit out, but also depending on how things go, how much do they want to add in? Because if there's, it could, depending on where we end this, if we end this closer to 2015, it might be a situation where Delta Green has learned about Pisces. And we're now dealing with kind of like post all of that stuff. So an official document from Delta Green would know about Pisces and all of that, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's also, that same goes true actually for pretty much everything in the prior material. Like, are the Karatekia still where they are? That was kind of, uh, my understanding is that was sort of given out in the original book is the the organization you can beat. Majestic 12 is, is too far above your pay grade, but Delta Green could actually beat Karatekia. Well, has that happened? Right. Um, are the Skopski still around? Tiger Transit, is that still around? Um, so all of these kind of things, like what's happened in the history since then? Now, I can tell you that we can definitely bring it up to the history of where it is in 2001, how much we want to edit out of that to build a document that's kind of from the perspective of Delta Green that's um, we're, we're going to have to work on. The other thing that we're going to have to consider um, that, again, I don't have inside knowledge of yet is what is Delta Green? Wh who's Which Delta Green is using this document? Because there has been the rumors and everything that there are now not one, but two Delta Greens. That there's an official Delta Green that calls themselves the group, and there's the unofficial, I'm sorry, the official Delta Green that calls themselves the program, and the unofficial Delta Green that calls themselves the group. So when I write this thing up and put this together in a more final form, um, I'm going to try to do it in such a way that it could look like this document could come from either the group or the program. But there might be some things that I might have to kind of jigger around somehow, depending on where it's coming from or how I want to put it out in actual final form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those kind of questions about, like, what will go in based on the perspective of Delta Green, I'm not sure. Um, as a personal game master, I've done a lot of these. I run a lot of games where the players get this document. Um, and it's like, they, we tell you this about what we know, and it sort of looks like an official-looking document. What I'll often do is I will use black bars on it to redact it primarily not to not give them information that their characters would know, because I just wouldn't put it in the document if I really cared about that, but mainly to scare the hell out of them. In other words, they use the black bars in such a way, it's like, and if the mission should be compromised, you should take, and then redacted, action against redacted. Uh, <laughs> so that the players are thinking, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be good. It's in black. It should be bad. I could see <laughs> doing something similar, and I haven't decided where, with some of the material in the operational history. That, that even from the reader's perspective, even if you're just reading this for fun, you're not really planning to use this in a game, you come upon something, especially as you get beyond 2001, if we do that material, where it just starts getting more and more and more redacted. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, uh, also because, yeah, given the perspective, whether this document is for the program or the group, we're also... Uh, 
you could determine the spin like what is Delta, what is the document going to say about majestic 12's activity you know uh you know for example if it's the program there'd be like well you know they were misguided and misled but you know they came up with some good weapons technology we we, we can't totally throw the baby out with the bathwater right. where the group is like they 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 all deserve to die and they will be remain in there. Don't go to this place. That's where their unmarked graves are, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's that kind of perspective as well. Um, are you going to be trying, like, that's another uh, issue is like the, the, the voice. I mean, it, it, the agenda of the writer, um, is that, do you have that sort of in mind or is that still up in the air in terms of like, is the writer of this document or writers trying to get, steer the reader into like well we have to understand the mythos in order to fight it or like no burn everything find it kill it cover it up you know uh the kind of ideology or is that or or is that even a concern is that a little too metatextual no no not at all that is that is very much a concern that that's something that i that i want to kind of inject in there i guess the biggest thing is i do want to make the document to be as useful to as many people as possible so if you're running a group so you're running a game where you're the group. It is just as useful to you if you're that as you are if you're running a game that's for the program. And I, ha- I have some ideas on that. I don't want to sort of talk too much about that because if it's sure. scuppered, I, I don't know. I can see a situation where you could have a document prepared by the program that's available to the group. Right. I can very there, easily see that situation. I can there's see always uh, informants and leaks and right. hacks. And, and yeah, we are in the see the opposite yeah. as well. That's that. It's true as well. Um, yeah. I wrote uh, something. It hasn't been published. I don't know if it will be published. And I wrote this years ago. The Black Seal magazine uh, was going to come out with a Vietnam issue. And they may still be doing that. Um, and what I did is I took an actual 1968-1967 special, Army Special Forces manual on Montag Nard tribes uh, in South Vietnam. Montag Nard tribes are like the hill tribesmen that were used by special forces to create guerrilla forces. Uh, during the war. And I took that and sort of they have a description of each tribe. And I took that format and I laid that format out for the Chaucha tribe, which are the Chocho uh, in, in Vietnam. And I did it from the perspective that kind of like dispassionate official voice of like, oh, yeah, they, they you know, they put uh, acid into their children's eyes to turn them red and to teach them pain. Uh, and they cut their penises open. I used a lot of the material uh, from David Farnell's uh, Angel War. Um, and I did a lot of that kind of dispassionate voice. And I also had excerpts, like breaks in there, where Joseph Camp is kind of breaking into the kind of the dialogue at every point and going, this is crazy. These people are awful and we should kill them. And, and I don't know why we're, we're even thinking about using these people. Um, and at the very end, it ends, I believe, with Colonel Wade uh, the guy basically <laughs> saying, nope, nope, everything's fine. Everything's great. Yeah. Totally aren't Just misunderstanding. That whole cannibalism thing. Yeah. Oh, we, we, need to, we need to understand their culture. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of, I've already, I have experience doing that. Uh, and okay. I really loved, loved doing that in that kind of like little article. Um, and I very much see how that would be something. I don't know if I'm going to have like another narrator kind of break in at any point. I don't think I would do that. Because I don't want to get it too unwieldy. But definitely, I do want to have a voice. I, I want to present the information as useful as possible. So succinct, you get the goods, that kind of thing. 
But also, mm. it should be fun reading it. It should it shouldn't just be like dry and boring as you read it. So, so right. having a voice will give it that. Cool. Uh, what? Uh, well, it sounds like you're really enthused about writing. Are there any particular sec- sections you're really looking forward to writing up, or any that you're dreading? Um. Wow. Um. I would <laughs> say that what I'm dreading the most is some of the early, early, early P-Division stuff, like free Innsmouth P-Division stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm dreading that is because that is completely virgin territory. And it's not that I don't have ideas. I have tons of ideas. But I don't want to throw in a whole bunch of stuff that's going to then potentially make it harder for somebody else to come in and kind of play in that playground. So I, I'm kind of a little dreading that, like specifically the, the 1917 event. What creates P-Division? Because that's the thing that kind of creates everything, right? Um, right. I kind of, there's a part of me that wants to leave it as a strange incident in Central Europe. So anybody could create anything that they want. And another part of me kind of wants to flesh it out a little bit so you don't just kind of leave people in the dark. Um, beyond that, I would say that, I'm strangely enough, the, the part that I'm dreading the most would be the 1990s. Um, I already have a lot of that done because that's mainly where the material came from. Um, yeah. but I did. That's stop, the core canon. That is the, the core canon. Like, yeah. But um, it's going to mean going through a lot of books and like cross-referencing and a lot of. It's going to be a lot of grudge work, as opposed to the other stuff, which is yay, let's just make shit up, um, which will be fun. Yeah. Uh, the drudge work is fun too, but uh, that's probably going to be a little bit more less exciting than the other stuff, but I still, I got to make sure that that gets punched up as well. I don't want to just put out, just reiterate. This is what happened in Delta green. This is what happened in countdown. This is what happened in very short stories. I, ca- I kind of got to punch it up and create a narrative to that too. Um, uh, yeah. Well, one thing you, you do have kind of an out at least with the 1917 thing, because uh, I do remember that there is part of the Delta green history is that one of the, uh, naval research office of naval intelligence researchers uh, went crazy and like burned as much as he could and destroyed as many artifacts yes. as he could. Uh, so you can always say, "Yeah, the records for that job got lost in the fire." Sorry, you Absolutely. know. So you, you you could you could that's kind of a cop out, but it's kind of in theme too. So like maybe a reconstructor thing. Like we have some evidence. Here's what we think, but we don't know for sure, and we'll never know. Yeah, I, uh, I've thought about that as well. That's Daniel Fries, and I think he did it in 1950-something. I'm not exactly sure when he did. So it wouldn't just be 1917. It's everything pre-1950s. Uh, yeah, yeah, consider- the whole Project Covenant. Yep, so. all of that stuff. Um, I'm not sure yet. I'll probably use that event somehow to cover over some areas. But yeah, I want this book to be as useful as possible. Right. So even though it makes right. sense in the universe that hey, we don't know what really happened before like 1950-something because Fries went lunatic and burned everything. I, I think it would be more useful to kind of like say, nope, we recovered XXXXX and now the game master right. uses. Uh, you know, one question I have, so you, you mentioned, you know, we talk about Core Cannon. Um, now, for some of the scenarios, there's a canonical, like, uh, events like the scenario convergence, which is like the first Delta Green scenario, uh, is explained like what happens is explained in the fiction uh, rules of engagement uh, and uh, the fiction that preceded that. Um, I can't remember the name of the short story, but I'm, I'm pretty. It's covered at least in the in the novel, mm-hmm. and but not every scenario is, especially the ones that, even in the ones in the main book, like the New Age. 
uh, Dead Man Letter or Dead Letter or whatever it is, uh, the one with the Karatekia and the, the zombie gas. Uh, yeah. What are you – how are you approaching those? Because obviously these, these are after-action reports. Right. The, what you're writing about like what happened. So you have to describe like do the, do the hypothetical PCs who investigate – the canical uh, cells investigate that. Did they succeed? Did they get wiped out? Are you a little bit of A or B or, you know, uh, how, what is your sort of theory of approaching these? I mean, cause the scenarios could obviously are incomplete story, stories by themselves because the idea is the, you know, the players and the GM resolve it, but you can't, you know, some people do the new age successfully. Some people screw up and have a TPK, uh, and that kind of thing. So how are you handling that? Well, um, so what I'll be doing probably it, it'll be a layer of pri- uh, order of priority when it comes to like canon. So source book would be first order. Now in regards yeah. to scenarios, I think that would a- should actually normally be second order. But if an event has been resolved in fiction, so you know the convergence has been resolved in the fiction, I would yeah. likely go to the fiction to determine what happened then. And if it hasn't been resolved, if there's no idea of how it's been resolved, um, I will I will very likely, and I reserve the not, right not to, but I will very likely basically take the perspective of the PC's wand, the agent's wand. Uh, okay. Because we're still around in 2015, so that's probably <laughs> the case. Um, if at any point it looks, wait, you know, it's really more interesting if they all lost, I might do that. Um, if there are game masters out there who have run a campaign with all of that stuff um, happening in what it was done. Because the other thing I'll do is I'll use data publication. Again, unless it's contravened by another source book or by a short story. I use data publication to determine when did this actually happen. And I've done that with some of the older stuff where I've actually looked and seen like, hey, this supposed, like World War II stuff, this happened after the Battle of Sevastopol because it references that in the short story and it's saying that it's in the fall, so it must be at blah, 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 blah. Because, like I kind of reiterated before, I'm a lunatic. Um, and I do stuff <laughs> like that. Um, so I'll probably do something like that with the material as well to try to fix the date as best as I possibly can. But if there are sure. game masters out there who they run uh, Convergence and they ran Convergence uh, not... I, I think Convergence might have come out even... I'm not sure if it came out before the source book. We may be talking back to the old Unspeakable Oath. But if they if they ran that scenario like in 1995 or whatever, um, one, and they're still playing that same group in 2015 when they start using the book, one, I want to kiss them because they're <laughs> awesome <laughs> and I wish I was in their group. Um, and two, I mean, it should be a relatively easy thing you could even redact the date if it came down. Right. Use those redactions. Oh, yeah, those redactions. To, yeah. To, to fit it in somehow and kind of bring it out. Or just redact, like, the event of that. Or you could even yeah. you could even kind of, like, use, like, on, they have a date, and then it says Operation Whatever, and then this happened and this happened. If there's anything that contradicts what your players did, use the redactions. Redact that stuff out. Um, and so it's still in there somehow. And then you'll have... Uh, characters who know what really happened and then you might have friendlies who came in after the fact that are looking at that and going so what happened and they're not telling them and then paranoia increases and that's all good cool um 
I, I mean, I, I do understand. Yeah, obviously, if, if all the scenarios ended in failure, that they would uh, <laughs> there wouldn't be a Delta Green. Right. But uh, I do think perhaps maybe as a suggestion uh, that at least some scenarios they like. Well, we never heard from them again. Like I'm, of course, I'm thinking of Artifact Zero. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Which is pretty much. Yeah, we didn't. They just disappeared. We don't know what happened to them. You know, for Artifact uh, Zero, you're right. I may very, very much so make an exception on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's it, that particular scenario. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that that, that thing. Um, in terms of scenarios, aside from the the ones from the main books, you know, are you using any? Are you going to be incorporating anything from uh, the Unspeakable Oath, or in terms of scenarios or anything like that? Well, I don't have a complete library of the Unspeakable Oath, so that might be an issue. I'll, I'll have one okay. the, before this project is done, as much as I can do in terms of the new Unspeakable Oath. Um, okay. I don't have the money to go back and get the, the, the old original ones, which I'm sure are ridiculous right now on eBay. Um, okay. But uh, everything that Arcturian and Pagan put out, yes. Certain things that Chaosium put out, like the material, like the, the with Malice of Forethought, that scenario in Adventures of Arctic County, I won't be including that. Uh, details from Escape from Innsmouth, I won't be including that. Um, I'm trying to keep it as much as possible restricted to uh, Pagan and Art Dreams IP. Uh, but otherwise, yes, everything should be in there. Okay. Uh, well, it sounds like uh, you have your work cut out for you. Uh, do you have any idea how long it'll take you to write that, or do you have an estimate? Um, shut up. I'm shooting for 2016, and obviously yeah. that gives me a lot of leeway. But I literally am shooting for 2016. Uh, that'll right. be done. I mean, the nice thing about this project is, um, it's well, two nice things. One, I, I have that timeline which I've worked on for a very long time. Now, it only gets me to 1970, so there's a lot of material post that that I have to put in. But I, I'm not seeing that's going to take me terribly long. And then it's literally after that, punching it up, adding stuff, finding that voice, giving, giving it more of a flavor, making it a better product. Uh, I don't know how long that'll take. I don't imagine it's going to take nearly as much time as, say, Delta Green World War II might take if that becomes a stretch goal and gets funded. Right, um, right, right. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of what I'm looking at with that. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you could do an entire, there's actually ideas you could do for an entire campaign. So you can even do the Armitage file thing. Uh, what if Phenom X or some other, um, you know, uh, there's a Snowden style leak of the documents and, yep. you know, heavily redacted, of course, but like the players get a hold of it and have to like, is this a conspiracy theory or is this true? Or any number of scenarios. Yeah, um, I, I, could, I could see a couple of things. I could see, like we were saying, it could be for the group, it could be for the program, and even if it's prepared by one or the other, it could fall into the hands of the other. It could be that situation, and then if it's the program, for example, or more likely if it's the group, that it falls into their hands, they could be grabbing and, and suddenly ASL could be going, all right, we want you to go from the bottom and start investigating these things because we didn't know about them um, and start working that in uh, uh, somehow. The other thing is, because this recently came out on the Delta Green mailing list about um, why, by now, why wouldn't people know? Like in our day and age of YouTube and cell phones and everything and Snowden, why wouldn't this information be leaked? Well, you know, if that's what you want to play, if you want to play that. And and to be honest, I was in a game. I was a player in a game where that happened 
and it didn't go well as a player. Not as not, not <laughs> the game just kind of like, well, this is kind of boring now, and let's go play something else. Uh, uh. If you want to do that, I could easily see you using this essentially as kind of like a WikiLeaks document. Hey, look, we found this. And then the game could either be maybe you're Phenomenon X, like you said, and you're investigating these things. Maybe you're the program or the group who's now, look, this has just been leaked. We need to go and disavow in some way each and every one of these. And like, you know, through blackmail and intimidation, just straight up killing people. We need to like destroy evidence and witnesses and everything to every one of these events. So it'll become nothing more than an Internet meme at the most. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, very cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, any, any last, uh, thoughts or, uh, anything we haven't covered? Uh, I think uh, people should have a pretty good idea of what operational history is that, is that going to be the actual title? Is that still a working title? Uh, it, it seems so. Uh, yeah, no, it, it seems, it seems pretty good. I, I think operational history is, is a solid title of it. Cause again, it's, it's not, it's not like a, a paperback thriller written to kind of grab right. a bad copy. It's a dry, you know, document written by somebody right. with a poli-sci degree more so than a creative writing degree. <laughs> uh, so I think it probably will be operational history. Um, yeah, and I, I, honestly, if we're talking about a name, you know, I'm, I'm more interested to see what the heck we're going to call Delta Green World War II if it comes out, because I don't think we're calling it our darkest hour anymore. Uh, yeah. Thanks, World War II. Uh, uh, <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh well cool uh well thank you for coming on uh the podcast and uh we'll keep on uh if you're if you're listening to this uh you can back the delta green kickstarter now uh operational history is a 15 dollars add-on for pdf only uh the idea there there may be a print-on-demand uh version of this in the future but that's still up in the air yeah uh shane and dennis are still trying to figure out costs for that uh to lay it out because uh, it's not like you can make the pdf and then go print to book <laughs> it's it's a little more complex than that i mean just, uh, just to aside i would kind of throw in there the people who are looking at the kickstarter you know it, keep an eye on the stuff that's to coming up because that's the stuff you want us to get funded when it comes to yeah. like deciding what tier to get you know focus on what's available now that's probably the best way to keep everybody from pulling their hair out over this thing uh, yeah, if you want everything, uh, the rising threats, uh, eighty dollars will get you all the PDFs. Yep. So, uh, and check the reward chart uh, on the top of the Kickstarter campaign. Yes. Uh, but yeah, if you're listening to this after the Kickstarter, uh, operational history will be out hopefully next year, uh, twenty sixteen, and uh, well, along with a lot of other Delta Green stuff. So yeah, hopefully uh, a, a lot. whole lot. <laughs> uh, well, we already got quite a bit covered. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, so. absolutely. All right. Well, thank a lo- thanks a lot, Gil. Uh, thank and, you, Ross. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time on Unspeakable. Cool.